You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network, with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 95. Today is Thursday, April 13th, and it is my first live baseball show of the season, Steve. Super happy to be here. We got a great episode ahead to add or not to add. We are going through a waiver wire special because that's what we're trying to do this time of year is catch a little lightning in a bottle. Who's going to be the Spencer Strider? Who's going to be the the next bat that just emerges and you can ride into the playoffs and beyond. It's going to be a great show, Steve. I am pumped. It is my, uh, you know, kind of welcome back to the pod. Shout out to to Dan Weber for the the great show you guys did. And uh, I really enjoyed it, enjoyed the shout outs. India was nice, but it was also uh, an extra headache early on in the season to try to make the moves and set the lineups with 11 hours of a time zone change, but I'm back in the seat and it feels great to be talking baseball with you with some actual stats to talk through, Steve. How's it going? Yeah, it's great to have you back. Uh, you know, uh, we've got a nice rapport here, so I'm used to you handling the, the hosting duties very smoothly and then kicking it to me and keeping things moving along. So uh, I, I feel great to have you back as well, but uh, you know, it, it's nice. We, I know we. We had that show right on opening day, the day before, so we were super excited. But then, like, to not talk about it, and you know, obviously, it was we texted a little bit, but the the time difference and everything. Um, but you know, I'm I'm glad to have you back, and, and glad we're doing it, and I think it's uh, a, a great episode topic to sort of get caught up and and, and get right back into it. Yeah, it, it was brutal, man. I was on uh, the tarmac uh, on O'Hare, in O'Hare in Chicago getting ready to take flight, and it was that first Braves game. I'm trying to think who that was. Was it Corbin in, in the Nationals? Yes, and, yes. Like, my flight is leaving. We should be in airplane mode. I am not in airplane mode. I'm, like, watching Austin Riley bat for me. It's like, I got to watch one of my guys play. And he took a walk, and I, like, put my <laughs> fist in the air and then went on airplane mode, and I was like, all right, well, let's see if uh, – because we generally we have a running joke that if you don't check your lineup like every ten minutes, like the fantasy gods will reward you with a positive stat line. Like if you've ever like been at a wedding or you know you're away from your phone for five hours, your stats will look better if you just check and oh. go as opposed to like wa- checking it every I, five minutes. I, I totally buy into that. I would like, you know try to say, all right, I'm going to bed before the West Coast games because I am horrible luck when I look at my phone every five minutes yes. and just, you know, get aggravated over every O for whatever. Oh, um, you know, uh, I, I, I firmly believe in, like, you know, if you don't look, it, it does a lot better. I'm, I'm horrible at not looking. Um, maybe that's Same. why my, my teams stink again, but whatever. Yeah, I'm not off to a bad start, actually. I, I had a massive win in the home league, uh, Raz Slam. I, I don't think I'm in first in my in my little flight anymore, but I was for a while. And I think we were both doing pretty good in the overall, Steve. So, I mean, knock on wood, it's 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 been so far so good for me. Like, Gosman's dealing, Nico Horner's panning out. So, I'm liking it compared to last year where, like, everything seemed to be falling apart for me. But it's super early, of course, but... I, 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 you're you're struggling a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm first in in turf um, and 17th overall. Uh, there you go. There and Bradslam, yeah, 34th overall, fourth in, in my league. Uh, TGFBI, I'm currently sixth. Um, I'm so good at finishing in the middle of the pack in those leagues. I just don't know 
what it is. Uh, my on-the-wire league is off to a rough, rough start. Uh, my home league, I, I have a fine record, but my offense absolutely stinks. I think I have eight home runs through two weeks. And after having a, a bad offense, um, you know, last year in my home league where I traded for Soto, that didn't work out. Devers, that didn't work out. To, like, start the first two weeks with just eight home runs is – my mood is just is just so, so bad because of it. Well, we're, um, we're, so, we're turning it yeah. around tonight, yeah. Steve. Yeah. We got yeah. we got yeah. waiver wires to talk through because everyone wants to make moves. You get kind of a little stir crazy if it's been five days you haven't made a move. So great show ahead, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Housekeeping, you can follow us on always, as always, on Twitter at WindsAbovePod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. We got about 15 names to jump into here, Steve. So without further ado, let's talk about these in order of their roster percentage. So we're going to start with, I guess you could say, shallower league targets because these are the guys with the higher roster percentages based on Yahoo. We just kind of chose as a default. And the first one is Orlando Arcia with a 74% roster rate. Now, Immediate note is he got, he got hit by pitch by Hunter Green tonight, left the game, as you mentioned, Steve, before we started rolling. But it does sound like the x-rays came back negative. So Arcia is still a relevant option for those 26% of the leagues where he's available. And you might need him because he's shortstop eligible, and it seems like mm-hmm. all the shortstops are just dropping like flies, whether it's O'Neill Cruz or Corey, Corey Seager, Seager, Tim Anderson. It's just on and on. So... What uh, a position that was kind of top heavy. Uh, it had some depth, but after like the top 12, 15 shortstops, it really fell off a cliff. So, Arcia is the first candidate here, and we'll talk about a few others. Having a nice season. I remember there was some hype when he was with the Brewers. I kind of got burnt on that. All the hype was on Vaughn Grissom in the offseason, and then Arcia is kind of playing spoiler here. Off to a hot start, batting 333 with two home runs, 10 runs. Seven RBIs and an 899 OPS and about 50 plate appearances. Uh, the barrel rate is up to a solid enough clip. I don't know. I mean, stuff under the hood doesn't look terrible to where maybe you could make an argument for Arcia having kind of a long-awaited breakout to fantasy relevance at least. I don't know that he's a he's going to be a season winner, but is is there something here for you, Steve? And I think another thing that is kind of Important you hit on it a little bit, but people were kind of shocked that he that Vaughn Grisham was kind of sent down, and like it was assumed early in the off season that Grisham would just take that role, good point, and run with it. Um, I think they extended Arcia to the Braves, and like the Braves are a good organization, so they know what they're doing. So maybe we should have paid a little more attention to um, what the Braves did, and you know the fact that they gave him. Um, this job and 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 this role. Uh, yeah, he's a great glove too. A great glove. Purposes. I just don't know if he's going to be more than someone who could fill the gap uh, until you you know those shortstops come back. I don't see him carrying and close to nine hundred OPS, maybe a seven fifty OPS with double digit homers and. A handful of steals, you know that that's the other thing. He doesn't really have the elite sprint speed, and I just don't think that he's a, a steal a steals guy. At least 
anymore. I know he stole 14 bags in 2017 that kind of and had uh, 15 homers and with Milwaukee. I think that kind of led to the hype, and mm-hmm. he's never stolen more than eight bases since then. Has really only attempted one or zero um, over the last few years. So it's not even like there's any bit of intent where it's like, okay, hey, he stole five bases. Maybe with the new rules, um, he can get 10 or 15. I, I just don't think that he you know, uh, ha- has more than like five in him, which I think will will hold down the value, the, the value a little bit just because he – I also yeah. don't think he's going to push 20 home runs. Like I think it might be a solid average 10 home run stopgap guy. Um, the fact that he's hitting ninth in the Braves order, we'll keep those counting stat down. So uh, I think it could be viable and is a good replacement, but I'm not like rushing to go pick up Orlando Arcia. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, I, I didn't realize because I always kind of rated him as a decent speed guy, but you're right. He really hasn't attempted, in, in honestly, since like 2019. So without the steals, he's not a 20 homer guy. I think he might even be a little over-rostered, and I know it's re- the position's really shallow with all these injuries, but he's he's hitting seventh in the lineup. I know it's a good lineup to have exposure to, but I don't know. I think compared that's to with, that's the with Har- That's rate, with Harris out as well, so you would think yeah. he would bump down when Michael Harris returns. Yeah, so. it's just compared to the roster rate of these other guys we'll get into, I'm a little surprised that RC is that high because this is the time of the year where you don't really want like a vanilla floor guy you're going for the dart throws that could mm-hmm. explode and, and and be league winners. So anyway, I think I'm with you. I think I'm out on, on Arcia and for fantasy purposes, it'd be great if we see Vaughn Grissom sooner than later, but let's keep rolling. A lot of names to get to. And the next one we're looking Gr- at Grissom is, real quick of note uh, in nine games at triple a has a Homer, two steals hitting 351, 442, 595 for a 1036 OPS. Um, obviously small sample, but he's only struck out 7% of the time and has walked um, 11.6% of the time. So doing everything he can to, to earn a call up here. And, I, you know, that seemed almost imminent if that hit-by-pitch was, was was anything more than what it was. But um, I think it might be sooner rather than later for Grissom uh, regardless. Yeah, no, and RC is... AAV is like 2.4 mil, so it's a, that, that could be a super util type yeah. of contract. So, yeah, with you there. So moving on to second guy we want to hit on here is Isak Paredes with the undefeated Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Paredes, he's kind of he's like a cult hero, man. He's like uh, Yandy Diaz before Diaz. Uh, <laughs> like he's a reincarnate. But I know, I know that people love the plate discipline with kind of the dream of, of the pop because he's got a big frame. Uh, but he's yet to put it all together. And this season, it's starting to look like it might be happening. Uh, 297 average, three homers, eight runs, 10 RBIs, and 922 OPS. Now, he's he's historically been a splits guy where he really struggles versus right-handed pitching. Still the case to some extent so far this season, but it's actually been much better. His batting average so far, obviously tiny sample sizes, but the the right-handed pitching, his batting average is around like 240, where in the past it was like around 170, 180. So if that's enough to keep him on the field and not be platooned, Paredes uh, is interesting. Now, 
unfortunately, it's like all of the actual power metrics under the hood don't really seem to be following right now. So I have a, I have a tough time like making sense of Paredes, Steve. I think I have him on like one, uh, like a, a deep one, like a 50 in NFPC. But like, are you, are you interested in Paredes? Do you think he could put it together? And, and like, what would this breakout look like? So I think, you know, Saris has talked a lot about it, how Paredes is one of those guys like like what he, he gets the most out of his barrels because he just pulls the fly balls. And I think the Rays have kind of identified that and said, hey, pull your fly balls. That's all, all we care about. Um, and what do you know? Like if you look at his spray charts of three home runs, they're, you know, bombs down the left field line, just pulled yeah. fly balls for, for a righty. That's just everything like all his hits you know his singles are to to left field so he's just out there pulling fly balls that's what he does um because looking back at it like the power metrics never really look great like the max ev at best was you know 67 percentile um you know barrel rate was fine this year it's you know about average um doesn't swing and miss which is nice but i think it's just kind of like a you know, a stack cash cheat code. Yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. He, you're, he's not gonna. He's not gonna be this. Oh, look at this awesome stack cast or pitcherless player page. Like who? Who's this breakout now? It's it's Isaac Paredes, and he does this one thing. He pulls his fly balls, and that's what he's gonna do and get the most out of it. And you know, it might it, it that average I think is is gonna is gonna come down. Like the XBA right now is a lot lower than the 308 it's uh 215 last year was 210 like i think he's a 220 hitter tops right but you know maybe he could pop 20 and 25 homers uh which is a decent fantasy play at least in deep leagues yeah it's a great point like last year's barrel rate just like a 6.4 percent below league average but still 20 homers and like Mm -hmm. you said they are all dead pole uh so yeah that he definitely defies it there um, the one thing that's kind of interesting about the batted ball profile so far this year, again, small sample, but the ground ball rate has dropped from 42% down to 26%, uh, all in exchange for you know 9% more fly balls, 9% more line drives. So that is a good sign, at least. Yeah, and you know, with the shift, maybe that that could help a little bit too. Um, you know, no shift, maybe that'll help help the average a bit. But hey, that's that's a that's a decent sign because. You want the guy to pull pull fly balls, and if you're not hitting it on the ground, that means it's a fly ball. So um, yeah, so Paredes, fifty nine percent rostered, still out there quite a bit. And I mean, uh, you know, we talk about lineup exposure. Like right now, he's a guy who's been hitting. Uh, he hit third tonight in the lineup for the Rays, and you know he's kind of batted all over. But uh, you know, usually in the middle part of that order. So. I think a good option for Paredes. I like it more than than Arcia. Moving over to our boy, Jared Kelnick. Steve, uh, all it took was a full year of us hyping him up and then uh, offseason where we basically, at least me, have no shares uh, for him to be piecing together what looks to be a breakout. He is hitting 351 with three home runs all in the past three games couple of steals to boot, five runs, five RBIs, because he's not really hitting in a good spot in that order. The strikeout rate is still hovering around 30%, Steve. I think that's what the naysayers will point to. 
but you got, you know, Jeff Passan tweeting out that this breakout is happening. What do you think? Is is Kellenic are we buying it or not? So I think there's some good signs and then there's some bad signs. I'll start with the with the good first. Um, yes, the strikeout rate is still you know around thirty percent. I don't know if we struck out today. I have twenty seven percent heading into today's game. Um, but the walk rate is up. It's up to around eleven percent, which would be a career high at the major league level for him. And his contact rate is up. It's up to seventy eight point three percent. Last year it was at sixty nine point five percent. So not good. Uh, he's also chasing less, three percent less of the time to be exact. Another good sign for for the batted ball um, profile and just your plate discipline. Um, as far as his his swinging strike, his swinging strike is down to nine point six percent. Last year was at fourteen point seven percent. So, you know, from really good, really bad to like pretty good. So. Um, you know, the 55 percentile for whiff percentage, uh, where last year, um, or 2021, when he had the, the full sample, that was at 35 percent. So, you know, very good. All the, the power metrics look good, the hard hit percentage way up. Um, max exit velocity, average exit velocity, barrel percentage, all 90th percentile and above. The overall cold water, uh, I think he's had one plate appearance versus a lefty. So we just mm. don't know if he can do this at all uh, versus lefties. And I don't know if that's uh, – he had two, two, two more bats yesterday or today. So uh, 0 for 3 uh, with a strikeout versus lefties. Uh, the rest of his plate appearances, 34 of them have come against righties. So that's good. He's figured out – how to hit righties, obviously, you know, still striking out uh, a, a little bit, but um, you would live with the 27% strikeout rate uh, if all that comes with it. I just hope that this has earned him a chance to see lefties and play against lefties and maybe see if some of these gains can apply to left on left. Like, I think he's definitely earned that. Like, that's literally the only question um, I would absolutely run to roster Jared Kelnick, uh, you know, in those 44, 45% of the leagues uh, that he's not rostered in Yahoo. So, um, yeah, I think it's happening. It's fair. I mean, this is goes back to what we said, that, like, this is the type of guy that you should be adding this time of the season. And if it doesn't work out, you just move on. But the, the ceiling is so high for Kelnick and – They've even, you know, started to inch him up in the lineup to where he's been hitting sixth. Uh, earlier this season, he was seventh, eighth. So, yeah, I, I, I am all for it with with Kelnick here. It was just one year ago, pretty much, that we were gushing about what could be with Kelnick. So, um, yeah, all systems go there. I think under rostered for sure at just fifty five percent. Uh, moving to another guy that I feel is uh, criminally under-rostered, and that is uh, catcher Logan Ohapi, who we talked about a couple times in the offseason, Steve. Uh, cold water was thrown on it when Max Stassi was supposed to break camp with the job, and then Stassi got the injury, and Ohapi is playing almost every day and making the most of it for sure, hitting two fifty seven. With four home runs, five runs, eleven RBI, and a nine thirty seven OPS, you will absolutely take that from a catcher spot. And Ohapi, if the name is is new, I mean he came over to uh, the Angels in the Phillies trade with Brandon Marsh last year. 
but this is a guy who probably surged almost more than any other player in prospect rankings last year. He was actually a former 23rd rounder in the draft, uh, but last year he had uh, 15 home runs in 75 games at A, batting 275. So that's you know well over a 30 homer pace. And then in the 11, or I'm sorry, in the 29 A games with the Angels, once he came over, 11 home runs in just 29 games. So, you know, do some quick math there. 26 home runs in about 100 games across AA last year between Philly and the Angels. This guy definitely has pop that kind of emerged like late in his minor career, but he has really good OBP skills. And I don't know, man. I, I just I just wonder what is going on with only 40, 48% rostered. I don't need a catcher in, in leagues that he's available in, but... I feel like he should be rostered in all one catcher leagues. Um, your thoughts on Ohapi, Steve? Do you think this comes like down to earth, or do you think this is a legit option for maybe a 250, 20, 25 homer season? The signs are that the K percentage will go up, uh, just a 63.5% contact rate. Um, his zone contact. So, you know, the pitches that you may contact in the zone isn't as bad at 82%. You'd like that to be a little bit higher, but, you know, hey. Um, so uh, I'm actually a little bit encouraged on that. The swing strike is at 17.7%, so Oof. that's a little high. Um, I think it's going to be around like a 30% strikeout rate. Uh, he's striking out around 25% of the time, so maybe that's booing the average up. But I have zero questions about the power, and, like, I am – devastated that i've invested in wilson Contreras, who is horrible and then logan hoppy went like 10 rounds later and has four home runs so uh yeah i i in any one catcher league where a catcher is struggling like i, I would make that swap like logan hoppy is definitely a good enough for for a catcher one like you don't care if the catcher hits 220 and hits 30 home runs which is, looks like that's what hoppy's gonna do yeah, it's interesting on the plate stuff because all throughout the minors, he's had like a sub 20% K yeah. rate. And the walk rate kind of projects out around like 9, 10%. Um, so he's supposed to be a plate skills guy. But yeah, if it's not looking that way. And it also looked like he, the K rate was, was kind of climbing, uh, you know, went, since he's been in the majors, which obviously makes sense. Um, but yeah, I just think you can do a lot worse. And in terms of, his actually, you know, part of the battle for any catcher is just volume, and I think that's been something that's great. He, he's good behind the plate, um, kind of, you know, that's a, a strength of his compared to some, you know, Gary Sanchez type of catchers. Um, but he, he's been playing like, you know, four out of five games. So I think, yeah, Ohapi yeah, I, and I don't think, you know, he's won the job. Like even when Stassi's back, like they can't. I know the Royals, uh, the Angels are kind of dumb, but they're trying to keep Otani there, right? Like they're not going to give this job back to uh, to anyone when Ohapi's hitting like this. Yeah, and Stassi's time frame is possibly around the end of April, so we'll probably see what happens there in like two weeks. But I I, I agree, unless Ohapi gets really cold, I think they have to ride the hot hand for for the Otani factor. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we will get to some more names here. Very exciting names, even though the roster ship is going down. 
But first, we're going to take our quick ad break, and we'll be right back. Okay, Steve, not the most exciting name because it's a name that's been on the radar for several seasons. But I got to admit, when I was piecing the rundown together, I started to, to get a little interested in Austin Hayes with the Orioles. So Hayes so far this season, hitting 317 with three home runs, 10 runs, six RBIs, a steal, and a 1023 OPS. So red hot start for Austin Hayes. I know a lot of that. I think he had a four for five game that really propped up that average. And a five for um, five game, I think the second game of the year. So he's got two, like Megan. Yeah. But they still uh-huh. count. They still yep, count. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It, and with Hayes, a lot of it looks incredible under the hood with the launch angle has moved up from 11 to 14 degrees. A 26% barrel rate. Had to uh, double check that. And I'm, I'm going to do it again. That's just ridiculous. I mean, that would easily be top of the league. Um, the hard hit rate is up. This is the age 27 season, which is kind of power peak. Mm-hmm. And I was also, I, I went back to just see what he was doing in spring training, and he was red hot in spring training, uh, batting with a 333 batting average with four homers and a 1073 OPS. What do we think about Austin Hayes? He, he just got moved up to bat leadoff. I know that the Orioles are, like, stacked with their youth development. It seems like this might be, like, the last chance for Hayes. But do you think it's, uh, you know, just a guy and he's kind of faking us out here? Or is there is there something here with Hayes? Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure. This one this one's tricky for me. Um, the, two, the biggest thing that jumps out is the O-swing. He chased close to 40% of the time last year, 39.7%. That's down to 27.5%. So that's a really, really good sign. Like that's something that stabilizes quickly since it's like a per pitch um, denominator, right? Uh, You have a a large sample with that. Um, So that's really, really encouraging. Um, I was debating adding him in my home league the other day for Ramon Laureano, who's maybe another guy that was worthy of this list and has had a nice start to the season. Um, but I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't do it. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Like the offers are concerning. Yeah. The offers are concerning. And the fact that it's in a few, a few games, it's, I know it's back to back games now. Um, but it, it was pretty ice cold after that five or five, uh, second game. Like, you know, if this was old Camden yards with that, without the, the great wall of Camden, um, for a right-handed hitter, I would, be absolutely all in like you know be super excited to have all the home games in the summer with Orioles there uh you know I really think that that might cut you know five to ten homers off of his uh off of his uh expected total like you look at just his spray chart and you like you see two fly balls it's like oh those would have been two more home runs had that old wall Uh been there you know you kind of line it up um but I, I don't know I really think that that chase rate um is something that is is really telling, and just the fact that like he's never really hit the ball this hard, he's never battled the ball this hard. Um, his sprint speed is up um, to like a career high. So who knows? Maybe it was or or at least high since like 2019. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he's like fully healthy, was battling something. Um, but you know, the chase rate and and the batted ball skills so far are pretty impressive he has 30 balls in play so eight barrels on 30 balls in play like it's not a nothing sample i know it's 
not the biggest, uh, but it's it's still encouraging. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Hayes can come close to like that nine point one barrel percent that he had in in twenty twenty one, or or exceeded a little bit and and tap into some of that potential that we we finally saw there. I mean, he's never struck out that much, um, considering the chase rates haven't been great. So like, who knows if if he's like not chasing and identifying the pitches that he wants to hit. And maybe that tells itself in the hard hit percentage. That's way up to 46.7%. That's like seven points higher than any point in his career. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I think I've, I've sold myself on Austin Hayes, despite it coming in just a few games. Yeah. And it, like in a, in a boring way, uh, you know, he's, he's been somewhat productive in the past. I mean, 2021, he hit 256 with 22 homers and like 70 70 on runs and RBIs. Like that's useful. And that was only in 131 games. So if kind of the barrel and this little power breakout is for real, he's not that far off from being like a high twenties Homer guy. Um, and everything else is kind of gravy, whether he chips in on some speed or he hits 270 instead of 250 or 240. Um, I would diagnose it as this, it, you know, if, if, if you're looking at options to add in the outfield, they have a three-game series against the White Sox, but then next week he could be a wor- – if he gets through that White Sox series with a handful of hits, it might be worth at least a stream next week because they got the Nationals and then they got the Tigers and the Red Sox. Uh, then they got the Tigers again. So, that you know, he might have a, a favorable schedule uh, kind of throughout the rest of the month. Um, where that could at least give you enough of a sample to say, like, is it real or do we move on? But, yeah, kind of a, a name that flies under the radar and I think worth worth just keeping an eye on. Put him on the watch list. All right, moving on to a sizzling name from Austin Hayes is Ray's top prospect, Taj Bradley, who came up tonight and pitched against the Red Sox. Again, worth noting because a pretty weak Red Sox lineup and – you know, definitely a target matchup, but Taj Bradley definitely caught my attention. Steve, I was watching some of the outing five innings pitched three earned runs, but a couple of those came in the, in the very last inning, eight strikeouts for Taj Bradley. He sat 96 with the fastball. He touched 98. Um, he even was mixing in a curveball, which wasn't really on like his, his prospect profile. So the question here for Bradley, because he's filling in for Zach Eflin, who's on like the 15-day IL, he really has to impress if he wants to keep this rotation spot. What are we doing with this? It's like it's one of those where you have FOMO if you don't add him, but it, it feels a little nerve-wracking that he's just going to get like sent down. Any advice on Taj Bradley or thoughts on the player as well? Um, I think it's pretty impressive. I would obviously run to grab him uh, if he was available just to sort of see what happens. Um, but uh, a few people tonight in the Pitcherless Discord, shout out to PL Pro, PL Plus, join the Discord, and you'll, you can see this in real time. I did not watch this at the start, but a few of the people in the Discord watching it um, were mentioning how he was getting away with a, a, a lot of hangers. Um he did get six whiffs on the fastball, and if you look at the, you know the the pitch illustrator on Savant on the playoff break on the player breakdown um, for Todd Bradley, you see a bunch of those elevated four seamers outside the zone, and you know that's where you're going to get whiffs on fastballs outside the zone, which is great. 
Um, however, he just got three whiffs on his secondaries, that being the cutter and the curveball. And if you look at where the cutter's located on that spray chart, it's all over the middle of the plate. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of these look like they could be hangers that, you know, a, a better offense uh, or, or an offense that's, you know, clicking better at a time would absolutely demolish. So I, I like it. I think I would 100% grab Taj Bradley. I think it's 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 great. I think, you know, the fastball is really encouraging to get that many whiffs on a fastball. Like, that's a great base. Uh, it just looks like he might have gotten a little bit lucky on this start, a little bit. Um, and I wish that there was like a, you know, elite slider or, or the curveball got, got a few more whiffs um, for me to be super, super excited about. But that being said, like, yeah, you absolutely have to grab Taj Bradley after you just struck out eight eight batters tonight. Um, 35 CSW overall, so, like, still really, really good. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, just be nine, cautious. Yeah, yeah, nine swings and misses for eight strikeouts is a little a little low, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, in that fifth inning, he looked pretty hittable. But I think it was at least nice that the Rays let him go out there for the fifth inning mm-hmm. and, and didn't do the full kid gloves on him. His next start will be at Great America Ballpark, so that'll be an interesting test. A little bit better offense, but still pretty light, kind of a, a target matchup. And then I think after that, if he gets one more, it would probably come against either the White Sox or the Astros. So that would be the big test and probably the last one before Eflin comes back. So And then glassed out coming too. So, um, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there's some reinforcements coming for the Rays. Yep. Well, let's move to a Reds hitter. And it's Jake Fraley, who we talked about with the uh, Mariners in, in past years, a guy who we were excited about and then we kind of cooled off on. But Fraley's kind of interesting, Steve. Uh, he's, he's off to a hot start, hitting 370. He's got a homer, a couple steals, he's got the speed, uh, just three runs, but nine RBIs. Um, what's nice about Fraley is he, he's taking walks. Right now he has a 20% walk rate. And he's hitting third for the Reds. So this is a guy just 29% rostered that is kind of sneaky for for being that low on the roster rate. You know, he's going to get a lot of volume uh, batting third. And, you know, so far so good. And it's a guy who I think is somewhat toolsy that we've had an eye on in the past. Um, I think he's another guy who's kind of got a cult following out there. Any interest in Jake Fraley for outfield? Yeah, I definitely think it's it's worth a follow and 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 an ad where where you need it in in deeper leagues. That being said, it's just an, another guy that has very very limited plate appearances versus lefties. He only has six plate appearances um, versus lefties. Uh, I think he sat a few games, um, so you know it, it's nice to play right. Like I wish there was like. Way you could say, hey, this is how many possible play appearances he could have had versus the lefties, right? Like, how many did he right. miss? Um, but he's definitely sat a few games where uh, he, you know, he has nine games played, I think, total on the year, or sorry, uh, 15 games total um, this year. Uh, I, I don't know if that's right. I'm just looking at the totals on the splits. Um, but whatever. The, the point being is that. Don't expect him to get many starts versus lefties. It doesn't look like the Reds are sort of just throwing him out there. Um, you know, maybe if he if he continues to, to rake and then holds, you know, close to like a, the 300, 400, 500 line that he's 
trending towards and is walking as much as he does. Um, maybe he earns some of that playing time. But, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's encouraging. I think that, you know, um, there is some good power speed potential in here. And if he can get close to, like, 500 plate appearances, that, that could bode for, like, a 15-15 season with – an average that isn't going to kill you. So whether you're playing lefties or not, like whatever, like in a weekly lineup, just keep them in because you know, uh, unless you have like four lefties in a week, which is rare, uh, like he's still going right. to get you the numbers that you need uh, and better than what's on the wire. So um, yeah, I, I like it. I think that he's a, a great power, speed, potential, and a great ballpark in a lineup that's kind of underrated. Yeah, I think I, I was hearing, I, I want to say it was Scott Chu and Joe when they were talking on Hacks and Jacks, but I, I want to say it's like 24 of the Major League Baseball like rotations have th- at least three righties, and then um, you know most of those have four righties. So it's like, you know, you, I think you can live with that, you know, four out of five mm-hmm. games uh, in terms of volume, but you're right, it's a good point. His splits are pretty brutal in past seasons. Uh, like in 2022, he had like a 861 OPS versus righties, a 476 OPS versus lefties, just a 143 batting average. So definitely has a lot to prove to to kind of give us confidence that he's not a platoon guy for that matter. But nonetheless, I think Fraley, uh, especially in OBP leagues with that walk rate, um, is a good guy for like five outfield leagues in, in OBP, kind of a must add in that format, I would say. All right, Steve, uh, you and I have not had a chance to discuss Chris Bubich, which <laughs> I know there's some uh, some of the top industry experts are, are saying, let's slow down before we ordain him, uh, kind of the, the, the pitching pickup of the season. But man, oh man, against the Giants, six innings, just two hits, nine strikeouts, and 19 whiffs on just 76 pitches. Uh you know, I, I, I've heard around the industry, there's a lot of people like tipping the hat to Lance Brodowski or Brozdowski, who does some really good work. Follow him on Twitter. But he kind of called the shot here with Bubich with his trip to driveline, how he uh, increased extension, he changed his arm slot, and some of those changes ramped his four seamer stuff plus number from 81 up to 112 with league average being right around like 100, of course. So Bubich is uh, one that just 20% rostered is pretty crazy knowing that this could be, I mean, all the signs under the hood is that this could be a major breakout. Uh, what are your thoughts, Steve, on Bubich? I added him in a, in a dynasty league. I said, I got I to gotta see what happens here. Yeah, I, I, I really think that it's it's worth a shot. Um he actually got dropped in my home league. I can talk about this because he clears waivers tonight. Um, so you'll have to help me if I should be putting in a bid or not. Uh, we'll do some w- would you rather's with uh, with with guys on on my actual team. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, the the fastball velocity at ninety three up from ninety one nine last year, a full tick is just insane. The swinging strike rate. 8.9% up to 18.8%. Uh, CSW is at 32%, which is like where the really good starters live. So, yeah, it, it looks really, really good right now. And, you know, another thing that before, like all the pitch modeling stuff, the 
the biggest indicator in season in a small sample was strikeout minutes walk rate. His strikeout rate is 30.2%, the walk rate at 2.3%. So very, very good stuff there. Um, it's just a matter of whether you think this this is going to hold. Um, and I think you have to add them to, to find out. Um, so uh, I, I'm definitely interested. Um, so I wholeheartedly I guess, I guess I got agree. I guess I got thrown a bit. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that velo range is such a, a critical thing. I know we talk about it a lot, but that it might not sound like a lot going from 92 to 93, but that's the range where you go from basically having a, an average fastball to when you're scooting up towards like 94, that's when, you know, that's a good, it's solid fastball. And that's important for him in addition to like the extension that he's now gaining. Uh, that's what makes like a Freddie Peralta's 94 read more like a 98 mile per hour pitch. So extension plus velo rise is all great from Bubich. Steve, who are you? Uh, who are you considering dropping? Let's do a little. Would you rather on this? Chris Bubich or Tyler McGill? Oh, I think Bubich. Bubich. Oh, there's no I, hesitation. Hesitation no. either. Um, the McGill's other guys. Just, I know. I know he has a lot of upside, but I, I think McGill. And I, I, I grabbed him in another league, but I was watching, and he's just not putting it together so far this season in a way. And I, I was read or listening to uh, uh, Nick Pollock on kind of the the wrap-up uh, podcast where he's kind of talking about everyone's outings. And he's like the ultimate McGill mm-hmm, stand. Mm-hmm. And he was even saying, like, it's not it's not where it usually was. And so I think Bubich, man, just with that park and and everything, I, I, I would I would do that one. But what else we got? The other two fringe guys on my roster, or three, I guess, actually, are Kenta Maeda, Josiah Gray, and Edward Cabrera. Oh, man. I mean, I think because we don't know that he's not, like, breaking out. Like, I lean Bubich quite a bit. Cabrera's a conundrum. Um, I, I would say over, I, I would say Maeda's a, a, a hold. Uh, but I, I think I would give him the nod over Josiah Gray and possibly over Cabrera as well. I, I loved Cabrera coming into the season, but... Man, he's all over the place, and that's uh, a little better today with the walks. So only only two walks, I think, today, uh, or one. Oh, hey, very good. Um, so getting a little better there. Uh, that being said, Gray, uh, you know the fact that he stopped throwing the fastball and is throwing his secondaries, which are very good, is super encouraging. Um, so I th- oh, yeah. think I'm going to hold like on Gray. to them there. Um, Maeda, I think it's more just a wait and see. I, I think McGill out of those is, is, is the drop, like you said. The stuff just, despite the good results, um, the stuff just isn't what it was in that in that peak, uh, you know, last April sort of Tyler McGill throwing 98. Now now it's 93. It's not really as interesting. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, that's the bit. I, there, there's two hours in between when this podcast release and when waivers clear in my league. So unless someone's listening at 1 a.m. Eastern, um, I'll be able to get my bid in uh, without it being known. So we'll see. I love it. Okay, we got uh, four more guys to get to here, uh, but we are going to take our second ad break, and we'll be right back. All right, so Steve, back to the outfield here, and it's none other than Chaz McCormick uh, with the Astros who – 
honestly, is we've kind of made jokes in the past about, you know, McCormick. Maybe it's because his name is Chaz McCormick, but <laughs> he's putting together a nice little season here so far with a 275 average, a couple homers, four steals, and an 870 OPS, some decent counting stats as well with seven runs, nine RBIs. Uh, McCormick, what are your thoughts? I mean, I feel like he's a name who's come up on the pod in the past. Uh, do we think this is legit and somebody who's worthy of our attention in that lineup, or are we uh, kind of writing this one off as a, a, a pass here at 19% rostered rate? I think the fact that you know he's batting leadoff for the Astros now and he's kind of taking that job and 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 and, and running with it is definitely caught my attention um i don't know how sustainable this is wow he has two home runs with no barrels that is that is crazy um like you know all the underlying (laughs) metrics don't look great um okay fan graphs had him at at zero um savant has him at one but still he has two home runs with only one barrel um yeah, like none of like 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 you have here in the notes, like none of the underlyings show that this is sustainable or anything more than like a a hot run. But I mean, who knows if he's you know it's it's an age twenty seven season. Um, it, maybe there's something that could be put together. I was super excited about him coming in. You know the fact that he has four steals, two homers. Um, I think now looking at, at the underlings, I'm a little bit um, more concerned. Like even the sprint speed is, is down uh, despite the four steals. So um, I don't I mean, know. Maybe it, that's maybe, yeah. maybe the, the glass half full version, though, is that his barrel rate in the past has been like 10%, which is true, above league true. average. Yeah. So maybe he could, uh, you know, if, if he can just tap back into that. I cannot believe he's batting leadoff, and Kyle Tucker is fifth in that lineup. Extremely <laughs> annoying. Um, but yeah, when I mean when Altuve returns, he's probably going to like. I'll be curious if they slide McCormick and the rest of the lineup, or if they'll just drop him all the way back to like seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. You know? Yeah, yeah, they they could and. I, I I don't know. This this looks like a, a profile that could go ice cold. I mean, you know, judging by his his stats over the the last few years, like that that happens. You know, he, you have to bet on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not horrible. Like a seven seventy six OPS, seven thirty nine OPS last year. Like offense was way way down last year, and he still hit fourteen home runs in each of those two seasons. So. Um, in 119 games. So maybe there's a bit more power, and it's just kind of like, hey, don't worry too much about the small sample exit velocity and max exit velocity and hard hit percentage, stuff that you shouldn't be worrying about in, um, you know, uh, uh, 25 batted ball events. Like, uh, maybe it's just like, okay, hey, pay attention to more of the surface numbers here and the fact that he's batting leadoff for the Astros. Like, I think it's definitely worth it rostering more than 19% of the leagues for the time while he is hot. Nice. All right, moving on to kind of a utility corner infield guy for your rosters. It's Spencer Steer, another Cincinnati Red, who is off to a nice little start as well this season, hitting 314 with a couple homers, five runs, five RBIs. Uh, Steve, looking at the home runs, both of these were just total no-doubters, straightaway dead center field, 
Uh, one of them went like 440 feet. So Spencer Steer with kind of pop that I didn't know he had. And the Max EV suggests that as well with 110.6, uh, 10.7% barrel rate so far. I, I had heard a little bit about Spencer Steer coming into the season, but he's certainly kind of producing at the dish. Uh, the question is, if we're buying, you know, I think he would have to get moved up the order a little bit. He's hitting seventh right now, uh, but it does look like against the lefties, they're moving him up to like bat second in the order. So uh, Spencer Steer, kind of an interesting name here. Just, uh, what is it, about 8% rostered. So much deeper league, but any interest in Spencer Steer for the Reds? Yeah, I'm pretty interested. It's it's another like really encouraging profile. 12% walk rate, 17.5% strikeout rate, uh, only chasing 21.6% of the time. That's really, really good, especially for a guy who, you know, he just had a small cup of coffee last year and was a big prospect and, and just came up. Um, but it, it's another one. I just don't know if he's going to get um, the full playing time uh, for, for the Reds. Like, he's played, uh, I think, 10 games total out of the what now we're at like game 13 now around in, in, in the season maybe maybe more than that um 15 so um he sat a bit which kind of stinks like you know a team like the reds you would just hope that um spencer steer would just get this job and 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 run with it and play every day um, I'm trying to pull he, up right now. He how hits many games lefties he's too. Yeah, he he hits. Uh, he's a righty though. He's a righty, right? I think. Uh, um, yes, you're right. You're right. But he does. But like, I mean, he, he, you hits, know, he hits righties. He hits righties and lefties. Didn't, yeah. didn't start today. Like, kind of annoying uh, that he that he is not playing every single day. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to find like where where the sits are. Um, so today he's sad. He played on the eleventh, tenth. Maybe, maybe he has played mostly every day. Maybe, I, maybe yeah. Maybe I think it was a day of rest today. Just a yeah. day of rest. Okay, so I'm kind of wrong there, and that makes me a little more encouraged. Like, I, I think I want Spencer Steer on 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 most of my rosters. Like, um, you know, it, it, it'd be nice if they moved him up. Yeah. At like yeah. being on the reds, it'd be nice if they moved him up the order. Cause you see what he's doing. And then you see like just five runs, five RBIs, like mm-hmm. it's already a bad lineup. But then when you're hitting seventh, that probably will be a lot of games where he only gets like three at bats, uh, which stinks as well. But I mean, if he does this much longer, it's like, I mean, pulling up the, the reds, uh, batting order here it's like you know who who is who is blocking him uh, they got like will myers batting fifth uh vossler who's been hitting well batting six but i don't know if he if he keeps it up like tj friedel is hitting second in that lineup so mm-hmm. I, I don't know it just seems like there could be uh room for him to kind of bump one of those guys knowing that He's got plate skills. He's got some pop that he's kind of proving out right now. Um, and first base, third base is, is kind of nice eligibility as well. So, yeah, I mean, just 8% rostered, though. Like, he's he's under-rostered, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think so. Like, I was under the impression that he, like, wasn't an everyday player. Like, you know, whoa. Like, I, I think that this guy should be on a lot more rosters and – 
uh, the next guy who we're going to talk about to put, you know, uh, lean into my uh, transition duties that I learned as a host last week is going to be uh, a, a would you rather, and then there's might be someone else on my team who uh, I could I could throw out there as a name potentially that uh, I, I might uh, be dropping for him. So there you it's go. A, it's nice a great, segue. great, yes, yeah, great tease, and the the name which is kind of a big prospect name is second baseman for the Twins, Edouard Julian, and for the spelling on your guys' searches. It's E-D-O-U-A-R-D, Edouard Julian, and just 6% rostered. Again, highly touted prospect. Steve, I believe we, uh, yes, we have him in our uh, yes. our dynasty uh, for, for Pitcherless League on fan tracks. So Julian, the name of the game is this guy is a walk machine. Uh, he has always had like 20% walk rate in the minors. Um, you know, he just got called up. And, and the Twins had him today, eighth in the lineup against the White Sox. What do you know? He took a walk. He went 0 for 2 otherwise. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, in the minors last year in Double A, 113 games. He had 17 homers, 19 steals. But probably temper the expectation on the steals. He's, I think he's like a 40-grade speed. So I think you'd be thrilled if he got like 10 steals yeah. on the season. Uh, but even that's probably optimistic. Uh, that said, this is a guy in like a points league or an OBP league whose value takes a huge bump up. Um, in a five by five league, tough to say like what this what this profile will look like. But Julian is is a name that again he's a highly touted prospect. Uh, should be a name at least on your radar in Edward Julian. So. I don't know if you got anything to add there, Steve. It's a good call on uh, just like as a util guy, uh, would you rather on on Steer versus Julian? Yeah, that's what I'm debating right now. I currently I scooped up Julian when he it was announced that he got the call. Um, you know, he batted eighth. Uh, I think he was removed uh, in the later innings, probably for defensive purposes, which isn't a great sign. Uh, he took Joey Gallo's roster spot. Um, so and Gallo's starting a, a rehab assignment this weekend. So I don't know how long uh, Julian will be up for, and if they're going to give him enough of a chance to sort of earn that job. The fact that they, um, you know, replaced him in the late innings isn't encouraging. Um, they do have some guys though uh, at Minnesota that, that's struggling. I know Nick Gordon, a guy that I liked, and and several other people liked. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, not off to the greatest start uh, for for a lot of guys offensively in Minnesota. So I think there will be, um, you know, some opportunities um, sooner rather than later. I just don't know if it's going to be now. And I think I should probably make the move um, to add Spencer Steer uh, for him. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean. If your league doesn't have like walks or OBP, yeah, I it's think it's I'd o, it's, o, it's OPS, it's OPS. So in, okay. in a way, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. But at least steer. I mean, he's still walking, you know, twelve percent of the time as well. So mm-hmm, it's not a total mm-hmm. trade off. I think you're going to get more volume from steer, and yeah, they both probably read out at the same pop. I guess maybe the tiebreaker would be like batting average, and right now steer's hitting three fourteen. Um, what was Julian at in the 
In the minors, minors, yeah. On uh, it was it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, it was not bad. I'm, I'm... Two ninety three hundred. Yeah. So yeah, his his uh, he does his strike he does strike out a bit. So um, you know, I I know he he had a three hundred four hundred four ninety line last year, but twenty five percent strikeout struck out twenty one twenty nine percent of the time last year. In a small sample this year, he struck out thirty two percent of the time. So yeah. there is some swing and miss in his game. I think Steer's got a better hit tool as well. Like like his uh, his prospect grade is like a fifty sixty, and Julian's is like a, a forty. So yeah, I, I would I would endorse it, man. I think uh, you do that. The ballpark is another good tiebreaker. So I think uh, that's a good move to make. I I am getting ready to um, consider dropping. Uh, oh yeah, for, I for guess an- another another drop. Uh, that that's potential for me not to interrupt you here, but uh, oh it went boy. from from, oh from Brendan Dongovan to Brendan Dropovan. Uh, it, it's it's getting it's getting close. Yeah, was hoping for more in Coors. That is for sure. Yeah. Just uh, like two for what two for sixteen mm-hmm. with five strikeouts, and those two hits were just singles. Yeah, we got a series against the Pirates, Steve. I think you got to at least ride it out there. The problem is. If it breaks right, the FOMO is going to be brutal if you dropped him because mm-hmm. he's still batting leadoff for the Cardinals. And gosh, like the the spring training, the the plate skills from last year, like it's so close to being a great breakout if it just clicks in. But yeah, it's it's been rough there. I I, I the one I was going to bring up is I, I have Joey Weimer as a. Uh, kind of a util for me and and the guy's gone over his last 12 with like six strikeouts in there seven strikeouts in there so i, I you know this show is helpful for me because i'm trying to figure out who, who i'm replacing and spencer steer has my attention i, th- well, I think so. unless you need steals i would go steer over over weimer yeah i'm, I'm good on steals i got yeah. i got rabbits i got yeah. horner and, and Quan and everything so there you there go you maybe go. we'll both ride out with with steer i just All i right. just did i just did it i dropped uh julian for steer i love when you hit the the live show yep. transactions that's yep. yeah that's a that's a waff classic yeah. last name on the list is white Sox shortstop lennon sosa this is again looking for you know any kind of streaming help if you lost Corey seager tim anderson uh, O'Neill Cruz, any of these guys. Lennon Sosa, uh, for being just 1% rostered, I think he deserves a little more attention than that. Uh, today, he was uh, he debuted, was seventh in the, the lineup for the White Sox. One for four and a home run off of Joan Duran. So that is one of the nastiest closers in the game. So uh, that that is encouraging. And last year in 57 games in AAA, Sosa went 296 with nine homers and three steals. So that kind of profiles out to, you know, 15 homer, 10 steal type of uh, profile, but with a good hit tool. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, and it, even a little bit more pop than that in double A last year for Sosa. So, you know, not much more. I, I'm like not sprinting to a waiver wire to grab him. And Anderson will probably be back in like two or three weeks. But you know, in a position that's pretty shallow, I feel like you could do worse than Sosa. Uh, but what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I, I like it. I, name kind of caught me by surprise, I guess, when he when he was called up. Um, you know, the fact that he was hitting four forty eight at AAA, people were like, "Whoa!" Like, you know, check this out. Um, but it, it, 
it's something that I think, you know, especially with, with the, the injuries that have happened in shortstop, I think it's, it's, it's worth a shot. Like I would think, you know, uh, if Arcia was healthy, like I think I would prefer Sosa's to Arcia. Maybe it's, uh, it's a victim of sort of the, the unknown thing and the fact that Arcia has been around forever and, you know, we sort of know what he is at his peak, but it's an interesting power um, with maybe a little bit of speed. Um, What's the, what are the combo. plate skills? Let's look up the plate discipline here. That's maybe the one. Yeah, I mean, he's in the in a small sample in the MLB. If you throw that out um, last year, like you know, it was a seventeen percent strikeout rate um, and a seven point three percent walk rate with, with those nine homers and three steals with the two ninety six average at AAA last year. Um, Never was above 23%, and that 23% was, you know, after he got promoted to double-A from high-A after posting, you know, 103 WRC plus um, at high-A and then struggled a little bit um, with that 23% strikeout rate uh, in double-A for his final 33 games in 2021. Um, When he repeated the level in 2022, which is a good sign, he cut that down to 13.8%. Then he was promoted to to triple-A, and it was just 17.4%. So pretty good on the strikeout rates, average walk rates. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit interested in, you know, especially in, in deep leagues. I think, you know, in this week's fab run, like TGFBI, he'll probably be a, a name that, that might get some dollars thrown at him. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the unknown element, like you mentioned, and the fact that, like, when you, when you put the high minors together last year, it was – 119 games he had 23 homers yeah yeah and you know basically hit you know 315 or something so yeah i i think again just one percent rostered it's like uh you know it's a very good nfbc fad bid because this is the type of guy who will be available and maybe you could get away with you know kind of a sneaky low bid of like i don't know what what do you think just on the fab game Something like the third. I don't know unless like he goes off this weekend. Like, uh, yeah, I would think you can get him for like fifty five bucks, something like that, and then you know, not a maybe, you know, uh, five to eight percent of of your of your bid should be able to get it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. maybe less, and- maybe less. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if it like what the playing time situation is. Mankata shouldn't be out long term, um, but I think worth a flyer. Like, I would definitely throw you know, um, 20 to 50 bucks on them out of a thousand for sure. Yeah. And I wonder, um, you know, they got Elvis Saunders, they got, uh, you know, it looks like it's second right now, Romy Gonzalez. Uh, but I wonder if they could kind of util super util if he, he does end up performing well. Another thing is Tim Anderson, this might not be the last IL stint of the season for him. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure, um, for sure. For like a for a best. Yeah, that's right. It was it wasn't a it wasn't a Moncada replacement. It was an Anderson replacement, which um, yeah, you know, is more long term. Yeah. Okay. Well, that rounds us out, guys. A lot of lot of names, but tis the season for scratching and clawing at the waiver wire. So thank you guys for tuning in, listening to Wins Above Fantasy. We will be on every Thursday this season. I'm Van Burnett. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Van underscore Verified. Steve Giswelli is at Stav8818. 
And the show is at Winds Above Pod. If you guys enjoy it, please go out, give us a rating, review. We much appreciate it, and it goes a long way. Uh, but that wraps us up for episode 95. Thanks for talking baseball with us. We'll talk to you next week. It's great having you back, man. Thanks for talking baseball with us, guys. Later. Later.